Welcome to Security Today, another episode of Bid to Bank in the Bank again. Today we got Jeff from Better Days Tech on, one of also my good friends. Apparently I only get my good friends on here, at least for the first couple, you know what I'm saying? But um, we got Jeff on here today and he's going to be running through Bid to Bank. If you don't know what it is, it's a podcast that we make sure to move from the or all the way through the project lifecycle, so from the bid and the marketing all the way to putting the money in the bank, and then we bring them the humbling question just to make sure no one's out there thinking they're the greatest, and also the bonus cue where we uh, ask kind of for some takeaways on that. So these have been going really good. I appreciate all the love and support that people have been giving it. And um, I just want to keep doing it because I know that when I started in this game and I started running in my own van, man, I could have used something like this where guys were sitting here talking about just their process, just to take little nuggets or, you know, as Dan Higgins from uh, Ashford said, or Ashton Computer says that, you know, those peaches, because I said that once, you know, just get a couple of ripe peaches that you want. So, um, but yeah, that's what we want you. Yeah, yeah. That's what we want you to take away from here. Those little gold nuggets that you can implement into your own business. So we're just going to get started right here. Jeff, thanks so much for being on, man. You know I had to get you on early. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, man. Uh, it was a pleasure. I'm sorry it didn't work out the first couple of weeks, but I'm glad we're, we're doing this today. It's uh, it's really an honor. Thank you. No, no, not a problem. So tell us, man. Tell it, tell, tell us about yourself first for the listeners, and then, uh, I, I, like I said, I like to ask about you know how you got into the game, how, how you got running with yeah now. um so i mean you know i i think uh everyone's got a unique story on how they're in the game and you know i i don't think mine is uh any more unique than somebody else's but i, I love telling it um i uh, i grew up swinging a hammer i got off the, the school bus um grandfather waited for me at the school bus uh gave me my hard hat and we went off he was a town building inspector and we'd go check out jobs every day after school um, it's where I learned all my swear words in Portuguese and, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, uh, he, uh, he ran a successful contracting business that I just assumed I would take over. And, uh, you know, unfortunately he, um, he, uh, got uh, Alzheimer's while, uh, I was, um, in middle school and eventually passed while I was in high school. Uh, so, you know, I was young wasn't ready to take over a successful contracting business for sure uh contracting business back in the day was nothing like it is now you know it, like the guy swinging the hammer owned the company and you know that margins were thin stuff like that so um however um you know i uh, all through high school i took some home building classes i left school every day at noon to build a house and i just really assumed i was gonna be in construction and um, my my mom had other plans for me. She, you know, it was really important for her to be the only grandkid who went to college. So, um, you know, before I knew it, I was being shipped off to college. Uh, you know, 15 minutes up the road in Providence. And yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so when you're young and impressionable and and don't really want to do something anyway, uh, you know, I went to high school. I went to college to be a history teacher because. You know the coolest dude in my world was my high school history teacher at the time and uh, i said all right well if i'm going to a college and you know um uh, i'm going to a college that's primarily for education majors i might as well uh jump in so i went to college as an education major um one of my under one of my uh gen ed classes was a computer information systems class and uh i really i really loved it so i remember I remember like it was yesterday, I was in the same building as the tech um, classes. Uh, like one of my one of my education classes was in the building. Um, I looked into my planner, I saw that my uh, college, uh, the, the uh, computer teacher had office hours in that building. <laughs> I thought the coolest thing of college was you could get up and leave whenever you wanted. You didn't have to like raise your hand to go to the bathroom or anything. So I just got up and left and, and I went into um, his office hours and I said, look, I want to change my major to uh, computer information systems. And uh, the rest is history. I, I studied, uh, you know, all, all I concentrated in network design, stuff like that. And um, when I graduated, uh, I took a job as a director of technology for a private school. Uh, in the area, and then I um, 
you know, moved on to a bigger school, um, uh, maybe a half dozen years later. But I always had this better days technology on the side. It was always kind of like this passion that I had. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, uh, I realized life really is too short and I made a go for it. So I mm. quit the only industry I knew, which was technology education. And um, I'm doing what I do now. So I really feel like my construction background has really come full circle. I, I really try to focus on what I like to call like, you know, construction technology or physical technology. So it's the, it's not just like the guy with the keyboard, you know, we do a lot of what I call wires and pliers. So um, I try to focus on the things that, um, you know, a lot of tech guys in my area don't. We have a lot of tech guys who, who really follow the rule of, you know, I don't climb higher than six feet. I don't lift more than 35 pounds. Um, and, uh, you know, I've really kind of been able to make a, a name for myself as the tech guy who's not afraid to climb a ladder, you know? <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So you got into it and you're running it now. Have you, what's the better days? Where'd you, where'd you grab that? Is there a story behind that? You know, that, <laughs> I mean, I, my last Jeff day, my last name is day. So, you know, better days. And, um, uh, I, the logo is even just unique. You know, I just feel, I put it out to one of those online, uh, logo contests, you know, you put up like a reward and, um, you get to have people send you all their, uh, um, renditions of your logo. And it was a really fun process. And so that's where the logo came from. You know, it was just kind of a play on my, my name and, you know, the sunrise for a better day. And, you know, the rays of the logo are like little, like, it looks like a soldering board there, you know? So it's, uh, it's cool. You know, it's, um, I, I don't know exactly where the name came from. I think it just kind of happened one day. I, I, I think of that sometimes like, and then I think like, is it too corny? I asked one of my friends this the other day, like, <laughs> is it a cor is it corny? You know, like, like when I, when you hear it out loud and like, you know, you're signing contracts with companies and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm having better days. And it's like, I don't I sometimes wonder if it went from like, you know, this little thing that I was doing on the side to now, like, you know, a very uh, big part of my world. And I just wondered, <laughs> is the name still got got legs? But <laughs> no, nah, it's cool. straight. I mean, it's, it's straight, yeah. man. I like it. Is it. What it I is. like it. Yeah. Yeah. You get to so, show up and be like, hey, man, if Jeff is there, it's a better day. That's right. You know? Yeah, so. I get it all. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> likes to have fun with it. So it's it's uh yeah, it's been a unique ride. And then so when I decided to go off on my own, um, all I, I reached out to the tech directors at surrounding schools and kind of just let them know. And then like the floodgates open, I was just doing you know, camera installs for schools and helping out with doing other stuff for schools. So um, uh, earlier this year, we launched a second division to the company. Uh, it's called Better Days EdTech and myself. And um, I grabbed a technology director from one of the schools that, um, you know, was one of the first people to call me when I when I uh, went off on my own. And I said, hey, how would you like to be a part of this? So um, in July, he's joining the pirate ship and uh, we have... Um, a half dozen schools under contract that we're going to be handling all their IT needs. And, um, it's, it's cool. It's cool. How, like, you know, as much as I want to move away from tech ed, it's just there. And, um, it's just a comfortable, familiar place for me, you know, one of the, and I know it's bid to bank, so we're going to talk about this, but you know, one of the conversations I had with one of the, um, prospective schools the other day, I was, and you know, we wound up landing them is, um, we're just school guys. We don't know life any different. We've been going to school since kindergarten and our mind is just, you know, in June, it slows down a little bit and in August, it kind of ramps back up. She was very hyper-focused on, I need everything done by the last week in August. Do you know how important it is? And it's like, yes, I, <laughs> I don't know life any differently. <laughs> it's my, my mind, like, like I'm in this 40 year cycle of just, School ends in June. It begins in August. It's you know it. It's fun. You get two weeks off at Christmas. You know it's just it's funny. Like I don't know life any differently. Yeah, right <laughs> on, man. Well, that that's good to hear, man, and that's good to know because that's exactly where I want to be with you know this podcast is getting into guys who maybe are in a niche just like that and yeah. uh, just kind of seeing what you do. So let's get into some of the questions, man. First is. I always like to touch on the marketing and sales. So even before the bid, it's getting that business in there. And you, you kind of touched on that a little bit. But 
give us a rundown on maybe some of the different types of marketing um, software or sales techniques that you've used during the life of not just your business, but if you've always been doing it on the side, how yeah. you got that, and uh, and then which one do you enjoy the most? Which one what? Which like uh, which like sales technique or how you know which marketing yeah, okay. strategy do you like? The yeah, because I certainly don't use any software, um, I uh, marketing software, um, so I I don't really, you know, I will say I know it sounds um, cliche, but like word of mouth is really all I do, you know, like, um, I have, I have begun to, so I have a lot, I have, um, relationships with three or four electricians now who just don't want to do any low voltage stuff. So they'll bid a job and they don't want anything to do with, you know, network design, installing cameras, installing Wi-Fi. But they're losing bids, they're losing jobs because they don't have a person like me on staff. So, you know, I've been, again, because of my construction background and knowing the folks that I know, I was able to kind of build trust immediately and move in and start to do jobs. And, um, you know, whether it's high-end residential jobs or, you know, new new uh, commercial builds. And um, so I, I did a lot of, I do a lot of work with electricians. So that, you know, no marketing necessary there. Um, the school stuff is really, again, just, you know, your web, your web of, of people. Um, it's just always trying to treat people right because you never know when it's gonna come back to help you or haunt, or haunt you if, if you treat them wrong. So, you know, it's the, again, that, that golden rule, right? So um marketing wise i mean you know i've never advertised i've never uh i just have you know the work trucks with the thing i i, I will say not not that it has probably led to any uh you know revenue but I, i'm a big proponent of just giving out your logo giving out your clothes you know uh, like the shirt you have on now you know like you know just... yeah 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 <laughs> All anyone who's ever said hi to me has the opportunity to have something, you know, with my logo on it. So I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't, I don't have any tangible data. I guess it probably as a business person, I should, but I'm more just like excited to have my logo out there in the universe. So I don't do it for a return on investment, but I do, I do that. I do pump that out there a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah. hope I've answered the question. I, I don't have any marketing yeah, strategies no. and plans. Um, I just try to, you know, just keep it natural and, um, you know, yeah, always that's... have conversations with people. It's funny, like, I just, I, my wife will talk about it all the time. Like, like I just am always in sales mode and I don't, I don't mean to do it. I, I honestly don't. Like, I went to the mechanic the other day and he had a, a hike vision camera system and um he he owns some rental property across the street i'm really on the hunt for to have my own shop um i ha i had a shop that didn't work out we can get into it if it comes up later in your questions but basically uh he had some rental property across the street i said hey do your cameras get across the street and he's like no they don't i had a um i have a quote from a guy since october he was supposed to put cameras in across the street he was supposed to connect them with some type of uh, Wi-Fi, I don't know. And, uh, you know, so I just, I was like, damn, like, I can't turn it off. You know, I just was like, well, you know, the reason why he probably hasn't called you back is Hike Vision is going through some problems and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then before I know it, he's asking for a quote for a new whole new camera system. He, he doesn't want any Chinese stuff. I mean, you start talking yeah, yeah. about, <laughs> you know, and it's just, I couldn't, I honestly was asking how I could give him money. Like I wanted to yeah. rent one of his units and I left the place with a, with a, with a job. So it's like, <laughs> it, I feel like I get myself into that a lot where I just threw conversation, you know, oh, oh, I know somebody who needs that. And then before you know it, I'm getting a phone call from, you know, a friend of a friend. I, it yeah. was funny. I actually, I had my first uh, house call a couple weeks ago where there was no degree of separate. I did not know this person at all. Like they literally found me on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I, and you know, I got a little nervous. I got to say, I was, because like normally every job that I go to, 
there's at least they know someone who knew someone that I know or, you know, so it was my very first. And it was like funny because, I mean, I've been doing this, you know, since 2003, if you really think even all the side work and everything. So for like 20 years, I never had like a cold call, complete stranger. I need your help. It was weird. It was it was weird. The woman was. The woman was very polite, very very nice. It was it was a great experience. I didn't get mugged. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny because your your number will get out there. So when that reminds me, and I know this is kind of off topic, but when I was running my own lock van, um, I had my number out there on Yelp or something like that, and I can't find it now. I I searched my company on Google. I looked through the listings. I can't find it, but I guarantee you, once a month, someone will call me. And it's just a voicemail, and it's like, hey, uh, yeah, I got an 84 Chevy that I need uh-huh. a key to, you know, <laughs> something yeah, like yeah. that. But, hey, let me ask you this, though, for, from a, a listener standpoint. You said you had a couple of electricians that wouldn't touch low volt. Um, what, what was your approach to that electrician to become kind of their second, their right-hand man when they need LV done? Yeah. So, again, I guess it kind of goes back to what I just said a few minutes ago. There's always that degree of separation. I'm doing a really good job just, like, my network, you know, of people. And, like, I don't know. Maybe it sounds like I'm only selling to my friends. But, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm gaining more friends first. And then along the lines a job comes out of it or something. But, you know, to go back to your uh, direct question. So, like, first off, I, I built my house with my my own two bare hands right so um i um you know all the things that i was licensed to do or was able to get a relationship to do obviously you can't wire your own house you need a master electrician to do that so mm-hmm. um went to high school with a kid who worked for a um <clears throat> a big a big electrician in town um so i reached out to him and was like hey um you know i'm building a house um i'd love if you guys could um could give me a bid on the house uh by the way i'm i'm doing all my own low voltage stuff so you can take that stuff off the bid and then he's like oh wow you do that stuff yeah yeah you know it's kind of a you know i'm i'm looking forward to finally doing it on my own house so you know that happened and i built this house in like 2007 so that was you know a long time ago and Throughout over the years, I have just done little things for that electrician here and there, but um, that friend is now a co-owner of the business. So, and I said this mm. a couple weeks ago in one of our um, podcasts that you and, and Mick and I do, is that um, we're of an age right now where all of our friends are starting to have influential positions at their jobs that they have, you know. So I kind of feel like we've all kind of elevated our status, and um, you know, a lot of I I I grew up in this town. I I only left to go to college, and even that was only in Providence, 15 minutes away. So I, I'm I'm deep rooted here locally, and mm-hmm. um, I feel like you know, as these friends uh, grow into their roles and their jobs, they're remembering the people they grew up with. So. Um, I think, you know, when I think about the two electricians that I do the most work for right now, they're my age and, um, you know, they, they know me from growing up. So, um, and then, you know, you do a job for them and, you know, that's the knowing them just gets you in the door. It doesn't keep you in the door. And that's the part that I try to talk to young people about is just because you know someone or your dad knows someone or you're friends with somebody that only gets you in, um, your work ethic is what keeps you there. So I feel mm. like, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to get in based on, you know, relationships that I've had. Um, but I think my quality of work, hopefully, is what kept me there. And um, that's what I've been able to do with the electrician. So, again, it's just like that. Knowing someone or knowing someone who knew someone who introduced you to someone. And then before you know it, you're their low-voltage guy. Right on. So when so once you get that job and if it comes in, obviously you do a lot of like networking. So you're getting jobs from somebody who goes, Hey, this person told me about you or, you know, I I was working with this guy and he had work done by you. So you get the job, then what is the what type of quoting software do you use, first of all, when you're doing your quotes? Yeah, uh so I you know, um 
I migrated to QuickBooks this year. So I'm using QuickBooks for all my accounting stuff. And then I use it to build quotes as well. Um, I like how okay. it can roll the quote into an invoice. If they, I like how it sends them a quote and they can hit accept quote, which is as good as a signature. And then, you know, the, it goes from quote to invoice. So that's new to me. Nice. I just started that in January. Um, before that, I was very much a glorified pen and paper guy. I had, a, you know, uh, an Excel, uh, <laughs> just an Excel matrix that I would use that, you know, looked like an invoice and was able to kind of keep me with the bookkeeping that I needed. But, uh, yeah, so I've, I've changed it up to QuickBooks this year. Um, and I use that for all my quoting needs. So when you, when you do that bid, what's kind of your philosophy or your approach on it? Do you use it to get in the door to get more work from some clients or do you hit every bid, you know, conservatively just so that you're not getting, you know, ousted on something like that? Cause I know a, guy, a lot of guys approach it differently. Yeah. So I will say, um, you know, having that soft landing spot of having the other um, division of the business, the education side is very much, um, you know, uh, verse, chorus, verse is what I call it. It's just money in, money out, um, contracts, very, very, you know, no materials, no anything. It's just like, you know, those days you're getting paid from the neck up is what I always say. So, um, you know, as far as, you know, having to be conservative and, you know, as a self-employed person, you think about that because you think about, you know, providing for your family and making sure you're making enough money to re meet payroll and stuff like that. I've kind of structured myself where I've really thought about this for a long time. I wanted to go off on my own. I was getting real close right before COVID. And... Um, and then, you know, I hit the brakes, like as we started shutting down, little did I know that's when I was my busiest, um, you know, technology obviously is what kept the world going during COVID. And, uh, yeah. you know, people like you and I are no exception. We were in high demand. And um, in retrospect, I would have been probably much uh, better off today if I pulled, if I went off on my own before COVID, because I just was saying no to a lot of jobs during COVID because I just simply didn't have the time. I was a full-time tech uh, director at a school. So, um, but I will say, you know, having that other division, um, you can really kind of set a watch to your expenses and, you know, taking a salary from there. So I feel like that allows me to bid jobs a little bit more aggressively because I know I have that other division to the company that is making sure that you know my lifestyle is being supported um and again that was by design i i um i didn't realize it would be as big as it was or it take off as fast um w but i did know that i wanted some type of you know part-time job that would support my lifestyle in a consulting capacity i never dreamed that it would lead to a whole nother division to the company but uh, mm -hmm. i'm really glad it did yeah definitely um that's awesome. So when you get that bid and then someone accepts it, that is when you start to kind of move into that project management phase. During that project management life cycle, what would you say are the two most critical moments in completing a job? Like between the bid and the bank, do you use any tools or methods or software that assist in like those critical moments? Yeah, so... I guess maybe I, I want to go maybe before the, I can even shed some light on something that's going on right now. That's before the example you just gave. So I went yeah. out to I went out to a, um, a camera um, quote yesterday, uh, really big plaza in, in our in um, in our state. And they need all new cameras. Um, well, they need cameras. They don't ha they don't have a network there. Um, he didn't really realize like what that would entail. Like I've been a part of new plaza construction where obviously, you know, the architect puts in a wiring closet every either floor or every, you know, 300, 250-ish feet or something. But this was like a brand new, uh, in, I mean, a, a new install to a, to a building that's been around for 
you know, 50 years. So there are no wiring closets. There are no places for network infrastructure to go. So I had to develop a plan on where to do that stuff. There is no data line uh, for the plaza. I mean, every unit has their own data line, but you know, the plaza, the owners of the plaza themselves, there's, there's nothing, you know, it's just store, 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 store. So we really had to develop like, you know, a closet. We had to take a unit that isn't uh, in operation right now and turn that into, you know, home base. And, um, you know, they're going to lose some revenue out of it. So we had to grab like, you know, one that was, no one could use it anyway. It was junk. It didn't have windows, stuff like that. But so, um, what, so that was yesterday. And then he has another unit that, um, another property in Providence, um, a couple towns over, um, that he has a camera system from our internet service provider. Um, they have, um, they have discontinued that service and this, this customer didn't know that. So whenever his contract runs out, he's not going to have cameras at that other location. So I was able to say, look, like, um, in addition to the plaza, let's talk about your office building in Providence. Cause I really think I'm going to be able to lump this together and get you a much better deal. Additionally, we need data service at the plaza. Um, so I can probably get you out of your contract at the other location because you're going to need their services at the plaza location. So, so right. today I, I put some work into that. Now, this is not a customer of mine yet. I just went for the, the bid yesterday, but I... I felt it was really important, and I do this from time to time, so that's why I'm kind of happy to talk about it on your show here, is I'll um, I'll go the extra mile after I put in the bid and do stuff like this. So today I called my contact at the internet service provider, kind of negotiated a deal there if he wanted to get out of that other contract. I negotiated a deal with the camera vendor if he wants to go with putting both buildings together. And, you know, so I know I was invited to bid on the plaza yesterday, but unbeknownst to him, he was going to have this problem that he didn't even realize he was going to have. So I'm trying to show him that, like, hey, I can be part of your solution uh, to a problem that you didn't even realize he had. Uh, and again, you know, he's not a customer of mine yet. I just met him yesterday. I don't I don't know. Him. I don't know anybody who knows him um, except for I got introduced. So, again, like it was just like one degree of separation I, I i i shouldn't have said i don't know anyone i know one person who 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 knew him and they introduced me to him so i kind of feel like you know when we talk about bid to bank that's like the thing after bid is like i'll give the bid actually in this scenario i haven't even given him a bid yet i <laughs> i um i i'm waiting for blueprints so i can give him a bid but i you know, wanted him to see that this is the better days difference. You know, you go with us and you yeah. get immediate, you, we get the ball rolling immediately. Now, you know, no money's changing hands, no decisions are being made, but I just felt like, I, you know, I could make a few calls on his behalf today and uh, give him a lot more to think about other than, you know, my camera quote. Yeah, for sure. So maybe, and so my next question was in the customer experience realm, but um, you're kind of moving that way anyway, so I want to I want to touch Sorry. on it right now. No, you're good, man. It's it's all it's all gravy. These things are meant yeah, to flex no. and flow, man. Just yeah. go where they go. But uh, where where do you think that during the life cycle of a project, do you feel that the customer's experience is the most important? Is it at that early on stage? Is it after, yeah. six months after the job's done? Where's the most important point? I think for me, it's at the beginning, and I and I treat those opportunities the same whether it's a, a new education client or just a random you know restaurant that needs a new network and a couple of cameras thrown together or something like that i feel and i'm a big advocate of this again cliche probably the third one i've used today but you do not get a second chance for a first impression and um i really feel like that's important um i really try to you know, especially if it's a job that I really want, um, I, I, I go hard, you know, and I try to show at the beginning that, you know, we're a real deal operation. Um, we, we not, we may not be as big as some of our competitors, but, um, 
that's by design and you get the the personal touch that you don't get so um, we were able to take over three schools this year um, from a competitor and that was the main thing is like they just they they hated um, feeling like a number where to me mm. they're you know family <laughs> I mean you know like corny but you know, they're, 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 they are people, and, you know, I got up and I spoke at one of the schools the other day. I said, you know, here is my personal cell phone number, um, and I'm giving this out to, you know, 60 complete strangers. And, and um, you know, I'm really hoping we get invited to your faculty Christmas party, you know. Like, I'm going to show you that we f we're going to make you feel like we're staff members. We're not just this outside consulting firm that's just going to come in and fix stuff in the middle of the night, you know, like we're, we're, we're a part of the fabric of the school, you know, so, um, and whether, so on the, that's on the education side, on the regular, um, better days, um, side, um, it's the same approach, you know, like at the beginning, you want to make that customer feel like they may, that they're making the right decision. And then, you know, it's really heavy at the beginning to make sure that they still feel like they've made the decision because, you know, the name of the show is Bid to Bank. Um, you don't get paid in full until the end, you know? So you want to, throughout the process, let them feel that they have made a good decision um, and that they can really feel like their needs are going to be met. Um, and then you obviously showcase that throughout the process. But for me, it's the beginning. It's the... It's, uh, it's the relationship building at the beginning because like i said i get in the door usually by knowing someone but i stay in the door by being approachable and relatable and somebody that they feel like they can talk to what's a couple like takeaways that our listeners could take from that moment that you're talking about and maybe implement into their life you know or their their business as they go day to day that would yeah. help that moment Sure. So, I mean, I feel like when you give advice like this, um, it sounds disingenuous, and and I and I can't be more uh, polar from that. It's got to feel genuine. That that's the most important thing. Like, could you research the hell out of a person and find out, you know, if they're Patriots fans, and you know, does this guy like bourbon or what? The, I mean, you know, yeah, you could do all that. It's just fake. You know what I mean? Like, go into it, be real. If you can throw in a couple of things, if you know something about, you know, their son's football team and like, hey, you know, I, your, uh, your son's football team and undefeated last year. That's amazing. Like, but don't, don't make it feel like it's like, like a sales pitch, you know, like only say it if, if it's genuine, like I can say something like that because I happen to know that like i happen to follow that football team i happen to be able to have a conversation that would back that up the last thing mm -hmm. you want to do is be like hey i i heard your son's basketball team went undefeated last year and then he starts asking you questions about basketball and you don't know a thing about basketball like you look yeah, like yeah. a clown you know so it's like the the last thing you want to do on a bidding process is look like a clown i i, I if we're getting t-shirts made up maybe that's the one we get because like you just don't want to you don't want to come at it it's not a circus this is real life this is business and you know you want the person to feel genuine so you know to answer your question anyone listening how do they do it it it, it is it, it be genuine be real and you know make the person i've always said i am not the best technician um certainly in our technology group um i'm not the best technician around I am the best people person around. I am the best person to talk technology with. And I may not know everything, but I know enough people that your answer is, your question is going to get answered. And I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to pull people in if I need to. Um, I will say this technology group has elevated that for me. I'm able to, you know, reach out to you guys constantly. Um, but that's always, even before technology, that was always my approach is like, hey, um, I'll get you there. You know, if I don't know the answer, it's coming. Um, you know, and I think that makes people feel valued. Yeah, definitely. I feel like one thing also, because I agree as well that, that, that beginning time, 
that that first time you step on site to do a site evaluation or site survey or they called you up and you're like hey I'm driving by there tomorrow. Let me pop in and see what you got. That mm-hmm. first experience that you get is very vital. And one of the things that has helped me in those moments is that I've I've tried to take time on my own to take what I know knowledge-wise and put it into layman's terms and not be afraid to share that with the customer when you're in that moment. And some of that has to do exactly with what you're saying is being that genuine person, but also like not being afraid to tell them kind of what you're thinking as you're looking at their problem. But it's gotta be something that they can process and understand. I've had several um, you know, job opportunities that I won because I, I went, went into there and I'm like, yeah, you know, you've got this and, and that's really good. It's not the, the best. It's middle of the road, but it does do the job. If you could integrate it and link it with this, you could do this feature. And they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you know what you're talking about, you know. And not only do you know what you're talking about, but you're actually looking to help me because you yeah. brought in another problem I had that I didn't even tell you about. And right. that's what it is on that genuine piece that you're talking about. Just like, you know, level with them in their life, but also level with them in their company and, right. and try to figure that out. And and I think, like, you, it's a fine line that we tread, right, on, um, on bashing someone else's work that, that you're walking. Because, like, clearly you've been invited to their place of business or their home because they know that they need your help, right? So mm-hmm. you don't want to go there and be like, what the hell is this guy thinking? What did this guy do? You know, I watched a funny stand-up thing the other day, uh, one of these Instagram things, and it said, like, contractors can't wait to go to a person's house and bash the guy before them. And it's so true. I mean, mm-hmm. every time, you know, you get someone to come out to the house, the first thing they do is, is bash. Now, um... Imagine if they, if the person that you're talking to is the one that did the work and you start bashing the work and they're like, well, yeah. actually, you know, when I started my business, money was tight. So I did all the networking stuff myself, you know, then mm-hmm. you, then you're just a, I, we're not allowed to swear. A dick. On it, yeah. No, you're allowed. <laughs> no. Have you listened to the podcast? You're allowed to fucking swear on this. Yeah. You're just an asshole, right? <laughs> So, like, I, the last thing, you, the, the fair, you know, when I talk about being genuine, that's one. But 1A is, you know, do not bash somebody else's work because you never know who did that work, you know. It, it could have been that guy that you're talking to who was just starting his company, went to Home Depot, bought a box of Cat5 CCA, didn't know the difference. But he's invited you to his business now. Because he knows he needs you, and he's outside of his element, and he can actually afford you now. So, and that's just the worst case scenario, is that the guy did the work and you're bashing it. It, it could be anything else. It, like, you go and you ba- you bash another guy's work. The other thing you got to remember is someone paid for that work. And it was probably mm-hmm. the person you're talking to. So yeah. now you're insulting them that they got ripped yeah. off. So it's a real policy of mine to never go into a job and start immediately bashing someone else's work. It's hard. I'm not going to say it's not hard. And sometimes you're competing against that person again. So you want to try to give a little zing there, but you got to do it tastefully. Yeah, for sure. And one of the ways that I actually practiced at that, like, that layman's speech to be able to talk technology to someone who doesn't have a clue what they're looking at is I just told my mom everything, you know, I, I, I would like tell her about what I was working on and this and that and the other. And you yeah. know how moms are. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. I, oh yeah, that's great, sweetie. My wife's like, shut up. I don't yeah. care, you know, yeah. <laughs> but no. the, the being able to tell it to your mom is just one of those things or, or someone who might be like a mother figure or just older yeah. that maybe doesn't didn't grow up in the technology, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's I one of the ways me. that I practiced. <laughs> that's, um, that's cute. When it comes to uh, when it comes to that bank, though, like so, when you get through that yeah. job and now you got the bank, uh, do you have a a general method? And this is really good coming from you because you kind of have these two divisions that work in a different way um, yeah. from your labor and 
your data com to you know your contracts and your IT support. So, is there a payment method that you use to collect after the job's complete? Yeah, and I want to start by saying this: like I'm not a Rockefeller by any means. Um, I, 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 um, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up uh, with you know, generational wealth. I had a great upbringing. I, I was very fortunate. I had two great hardworking parents, um, uh, got divorced when I was in sixth grade, you know? And so, I mean, I had, a, I had a, a, my, my father, um, had a couple of businesses. So I, I saw what it was like for businesses to grow, uh, what, to open and subsequently close. Um, my dad, one of my dad's businesses was a, a camcorder rental company, like this kind of camcorder, yeah. you know, yeah, like on when, the they shoulder. First, <laughs> when they first came out. So like, you know, you're taking a 30 year mortgage out on that building. You know, that, that business ain't lasting 30 years. You know, it's just <laughs> funny, you know, but um, with regards to like <clears throat> money, um, I, and I, I tell people this all the time. You got to remember, <clears throat> I had a desk job for 20 years. I worked in a school. I had to be there for first bell. I had to be there for last bell. I wasn't allowed to go do stuff in the middle of the day. You know, like I was a soldier, you know, like I had to, like, I had to be there. Like I was very much confined. So, um, I'm doing life backwards right now. Most people like work uh, hard and do all the labor and then get find a desk job at the end. I got to a place a handful of years ago where I was just straight up miserable and I, I had great jobs. I was able to put a lot of money um, aside to make sure I made this leap and could comfortably do it. Um, again, I'm not, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm got, tons of money um but i'm i'm comfortable so when it's when it's about working and uh, making money and the the bank part of this conversation um i just think about how happy i am right now and how uh how how much i enjoy what i'm doing right now and like you know climbing a ladder in december to go fix a camera in rhode island where people are like oh i'm miserable i i can't i that that sounds like the shittiest thing to do like i'm like no like the shittiest thing is like making sure you're somewhere at 10 30 and you better not have to take a leak at 10 30 because you got to be somewhere at 10 30 you know so um that to so that so to me like the money part the getting paid the all this stuff anytime i get aggravated by that i just remember like you're happy, believe it or not, right now. You know, like you're you're happy right now. You're you're doing meaningful work that's meaningful to you. So the collecting money, you know, I could get into it. You know, the QuickBooks, the Net15, the working with different contractors to do different things. But you know, and again, maybe I can say this so adamantly because I have the school um, division and because you know those are contracts that are you know, pretty much you can set a watch to and, and, uh, they, they lead to a, a very comfortable lifestyle. So maybe that's where it stems from for me, but I will say, um, ultimately I'm just really happy with the work that I'm doing and, um, getting paid for it is like, it just feels criminal sometimes. I'll be, I'll be honest, you know, like I'm having so much fun. I'm thinking back to like, you know, getting off the bus with my grandfather and, being tossed my hard hat and going off to job sites like i feel like i'm seven eight nine years old again you know so you know for me it's it's just um it's a nice change of pace after having a desk job for two decades and being able to kind of go out there and, and do what you love to do and then <laughs> and then get paid for it is just like i'll get paid for it whenever they get around to paying me you know like that's kind of how i feel about it i mean you know we work to make money and it's important and i'm not trying to take away from that but i guess i just go about it with a whole different mindset where like i'm 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 ha i'm working and i'm happy um i'm happy with what i'm doing and you can't put a price on that yeah for sure no i get that and i feel i feel like that's one of the things that is going to be 
the indication of if you're going to succeed in this industry or if you're going to that you I you got three options you fail and you get out of the industry you mediocrely just cut by and you 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 know we've all worked with them especially if you've worked in this industry as a W2 you work with a guy that's like you know 53 and he's just trying to get to the end and yeah. he you know slaps shit together and he doesn't care to teach you anything like you're either that guy or you just wildly succeed at it i say it all the time on the podcast that right now the trough is full like you can go a block over and still get low volt business you can go a block over and still get security business so yeah. like and if you can find your your purpose in it and your happiness in it then yeah, it's true. Like that's what's going to cause it to you get to a point where ah, it doesn't really matter if I get paid. Like it, it'll all come in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm doing enough work that it's gonna roll all in. Yeah. But um, it's out there to get for sure. Um, yeah, I, I understand I'm, that. I'm compensated in other ways. You know, like I I I see uh, me coaching my son's ice hockey team as compensation in a in a very you know, in a, in a web, web, like, you know, I can spin it in that way where like, that's, that's payment to me. Like being able to own my own business where I am able to do things that I want to do, um, is a form of payment, you know? So I, I, I'm really happy that that's something that is not missing from my life. Cause there's so many dads who, you know, aren't at every game and, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I you you can count on a hand how many times I haven't been at the arena when my son has been on the ice, and that's like learn to skate. You know, developmentally, every you know, like there's less than five times that I haven't been there, and that that to me is so valuable. That that's more valuable than having a, a you know a six figure job, you know, bringing in you know half a million dollars a year. Um, you, you miss a lot yeah and uh you know there are guys who are yeah. able to do it so you know there are plenty of guys who are able to make a ton of dough and be at all their kids soccer games and you know that's great um i just know that um i'm just happy that i get to do it i don't that's when you like just don't compare yourself to other people i mean i know we sometimes there's people who talk about how much money they make and um we jokingly compare ourselves to him but um, it's not. Uh, it's just for fun. Like I, I could care less. Um, it, it's because the thing. Like I, you know, I've been offered jobs before at other schools, and you know, it's it's a lot of it's a lot more money, but it's not a not it's not enough money that it's it's not going to change your world. You know, you're going to go on the same vacations, you're going to drive the same cars, you're not going to move, you're going to live in the same house. So why bother taking on more stress? You know, just. Um, just just be in the moment be there for your family uh that that's compensation um yeah and it's true it's one yeah and i mean yeah that's something that we connect on too is just that fatherhood and, yeah. and having that there and if anything man like i feel like this point in the podcast right here is speaking to the person that you know, if if you are out there and you're just grinding away, like the trough is full enough that you can make a little less money and be a lot happier. Yeah. It's it's Yeah, I mean, like, look it, at my it, it's trough. ready for you. My yeah, trough it's ready is for you. my trough is friends and family and 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 um supporting their businesses. That's the other thing. Like people like I've been part of webcasts and things where people talk about like, "Oh, never go into business with a with a friend. Never work for a friend." And it's like I don't know, man. I, I've maybe I've just never been torched by it, but I, my my two best friends, I manage both of their businesses, and they've grown, and I've grown with them. You know, it got to a point where actually one of my, one of my best friends who owns a huge business was saying, "Look, man, like I, we are so big that we kind of can't have you part time nights and weekends, like." And I was like, oh, shit, like, okay, it's time, you know? And that's when, like, before the pandemic, when I was like, all right, man. Like, now, that was me letting my friend down by not being there enough, you know? It wasn't that I wasn't doing a good job. So, um, yeah, I know there's a lot of people who say never work for for friends. But I don't know, man. I guess my, my 
core group of friends, we just have this, like, tr trust. Like, they want me to be the person that manages their network. They trust me. Um, I've never been torched by it. I know people have, and I get it, and I respect yeah. that. Um, but me personally... I have, so I get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. So, um, but uh, for me, the way I've positioned these relationships with my friends is that it's like, look, friends first, IT provider second. And if you're cool with that, I'm cool with it. And because yeah. your their friendship is too important to me. Um, I know my way around a, a, a keyboard. So you need a guy who can do keyboard stuff. So it's like, we need each other. You need me. I'm here to help. Um, that's it, you know? It, it's got to be yeah. clear, though. I mean, it sounds like you could probably touch on maybe you would go about it differently. Um, so I'm not going to turn the turn the tables around and start interviewing you, but I would love to know. <laughs> I would love to know if you could take something from that experience and what would you have done differently? Yeah, no. Um, it was just, you know, I was... A lot of it, I was naive in the beginning anyway. Um, I was pretty early into the industry. I was like in my mid-20s. You know, it was just, there was yeah. there was a lot of naivety there. Um, just life experience that I hadn't lived, especially as an entrepreneur running my own show. So mm -hmm. when I, you know, took a homie in and, and he was... No kids he, yet. He was, yeah, no kids yet. And he was yeah. doing something that was kind of similar. It kind of ran the same vein and, and we tried our hand at it and he was just a little looser than I was. So that that's all it was. It wasn't like a big burning in the end, yeah. but I get what yeah. you're saying. But let me get to our last two questions here because right. these are the questions that I like to ask the, the, mess, the best, I'm sorry. So the first one is the humbling question of what's one area in this entire process of bid to bank that you feel that your company right now is soft on and you'd like to get better at? Um, I'd say probably um, project management. You know, I, I, tr I mean, you know, you, you go into it and, and, you know, the humbling part is probably what we just talked about, like not really being motivated by money. So, but I have guys who work for me who work to make money, you know? So like I, I my primary goal after you know taking care of my family is to make sure that you know I always am thinking about them and um, making sure that they're taken care of. So I guess you know humbly project management would be something that I could probably do a better job at making sure our profit margins are uh, there to make sure that we're able to um, take risks and you know uh, just have more to give more yeah um right on but you know i it's working um and yeah. everybody's you know i don't have any disgruntlement across the bow here so i i i don't i don't i don't i i i, I wish i was more prepared for that question and i know you uh talked about what we would talk <laughs> about so it's not your fault i um I got a bad feeling that like later on tonight I'm gonna be like ah right, bear we gotta make some edits because uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a whopper here but uh, no, you know you're good. you're good yeah no I I think um just the whole thing is humbling really just you know I mean just being uh, just always being uncomfortable is really kind of a blessing and a curse you know you want to try yeah. to you know be be the best you can for your for your clients but you can't know everything yeah. and you know for sure it's hard no i get that and one one thing that you know my partner my wife she says all the time is like you can't you can't be in growth while you're also in comfort and so yeah. um we've thought a lot on that i know that some people are like i don't believe that but uh, i i think that that's where that stems from is just you know you, you have to take the risk you have to be a little uncomfortable and sometimes it doesn't pan out man you, you it's a flip of yeah. the coin but it you can't be in growth if you're truly going to want to do that. So let yeah. me get to the bonus question though. Based oh, okay. on um, based on your experience moving a job from bid to bank, where I love this one. Where would you say the focus is most critical in job in in the completion of that job? Like where's the focus the most critical from your marketing down to your bid down to your project management, your customer experience, putting it in the bank. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I think it goes back to the beginning, like just the securing the job. I To me, that's mm. the most important part. It is making sure the customer feels like they're being uh, heard, that they're getting a good deal, that they're contracting with the right person. Um, that to me is far more important than my profit margin, than um, you know the bank part, all, all of that yeah. part of, like, like if this were like a line graph, like the money part is like way over here. Like I'm just so focused on this part, like this part, uh, again, I'm 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 not a Rockefeller, but like I just don't care, you know. I really like my word, my my honor, uh, my reputation. All of that is way more valuable to me than getting a, a a new truck with shiny wheels, you know. Like I I much care. I much more. Care. And like I said, I grew up in a small town. I never left, you know. So like people know me they 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 i don't want to be the oh that kid's trash like he 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 came and installed a camera system at our house that never works you know like that's the last thing i want like that to me is that would that would just be the worst thing that would be worse than going broke to me honestly is just not only like having that as as my reputation but again you touched on it i'm i'm two boys' father right now you know like they're growing up in the same town I grew up in, and I hear about got kids whose whose dads are talked about. Oh, that that kid's father's a loser, you know. Like that kid, I can't think of anything more devastating than than one of my boys having to hear that their father is a clown, you know. So like, mm. like so bid to bank, like it's it's here. It's it's like way at the beginning that relationship building, the letting the person know that they're in the, they're in contract with the right person for the job that's going to get it done um you know with all the agreements that you came to on time on budget um you know making sure the job gets done right um that to me that's the most important part to me yeah i get it man definitely yeah that's awesome <laughs> i try well, man, you know i mean i think yeah. it's hard you know it uh, it's hard like we we're tough right like we're both we're both of the same age like we grew up without the internet and then the internet kind of happened like while we were in our working years you know and then this whole social media thing has created itself that like you know i'm on the very on the outskirts of it for sure i jumped into so i jumped into instagram um like just on a like i don't it's not worth wasting your time on it but uh, it's changed my life i wouldn't know you if i didn't jump on the yeah. social media but i will say for the longest time i was i was without it i i was the only person in my friend group that didn't have facebook instagram i was the last friend to get a cell phone like i wasn't <laughs> into this connection you know and and like now it's just funny because like like i think about it and like you put your work out there on the internet and everyone's judging you and and i think oh man it's just such an ugly ugly part of the human element that we're that we're doing this to each other and then i think about it like i go to the grocery store and i buy a loaf of bread and i don't have to say this loaf of bread was bought uh in uh chris havelson approves of how i earn this money you know like it's just <laughs> you get paid and you and you buy the things that you need and it's like that's all that matt like when i get paid that that's the person whose approval i need i don't need the internet's approval and it's dangerous right because we we all we all talk to each other and we all use each other for uh for help on projects but there's this underbelly that sometimes it's tough to avoid you know and so when we talk about like what are the what are the hardships to what we do i would say that's it because you know your network rack and my network rack may look totally different but they get the same job done and you know hopefully they're both done you know with professionalism but there are network racks that we walk into that get the job done that look like a bag of spaghetti you know so it's like yeah it's hard it's hard it's hard and i can't imagine like like, like when I think about my grandfather, he didn't grow up with having to worry about his work being critiqued by some 
guy in Oklahoma, you know? Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> yeah. It's a phenomenon. No, I, I get that too. And that's one thing that I really want the podcast to be um, pushing, you know, from a security today perspective, it's like, we, we like to pick up these tricks and these trades that are these tips that make our work look better, you know, and that yeah. is a good heart is, is to be like, I want my work to be cleaner. And for the longest time, when I was out there, you know, slinging cans and stuff like that, I, I thought to myself, I want the they're going to hire someone other than me at some point. I'm going to die. You know, so at some point, someone's going to walk in here and see this wire. They might be ripping it out. They might be just servicing it. But I want the next guy to walk in here and see this and go, hmm, that's good. This looks great. You know? Yeah. And it's and then yeah. it's kind of like respecting the other guy because that's what you were talking at at the beginning of this podcast is that, like, when we see somebody else's work, when we see that rack of spaghetti, man, he could have been three days on the job or his, you know, he could have just lost his dog or like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a whole ton of things that could have affected that piece of work. So there's definitely a place to look at work and say, ah, that's not really up to, you know, st like that kind of looks like trash. And there's definitely also a place to be like, my work doesn't look the greatest, but it's making it work right now, and it's 11 o'clock, and I got to go home. You know, so, like, yeah. there is a gray area for that. And I think that we just need to remember when we're seeing other work and when we're, you know, seeing other guys put up the work that they're doing, there's a little bit of area to say it could be better, but there's not these leaps and bounds that guys right. are like, oh, I do my cans like this. Let me just tell you what all that this is wrong, you know? Yeah. Because we're all out here on a journey. Yeah. The arrogance is the part that I just can't stand. The, the like, let me show you guys how I, how I see a lot of you guys doing this wrong. Let me show you the right way to do it. It's like, I just, I hate that. Like, when you start your, your presentation belittling someone, it's just you lose all of my respect you know it's just like it's it's hard to gain it back when you start a, a presentation like that so mm -hmm. and there's a couple guys who are on instagram and it's just like i just unfollow them because it's like it's just not it's just not the way i want to be going about my world that i'm all for jabbing i'm all for you know locker romantics obviously i i, I still play sports i still i'm all about the locker room life but there's a time and place and you got to be real comfortable with someone before you can talk to them like that you know like you got to like have a bond first you know you got to have a real core friendship first before you can talk to someone like a jerk you know so um <laughs> yeah so like i i don't know it's it's i god i feel so bad for our kids sometimes and like you know the world that they're gonna grow up in because at least you and i grew up in a place where there was that like core fundamental like that like that friendship those relationships and like now kids are just online like you don't even like kids are getting catfished and shit like we didn't have to worry about that stuff you yeah, know what yeah. i mean like <laughs> not, you know so it's just yeah. oh man it's tough being a parent to that too you know i i know yeah. that's off topic here but man um yeah For i think sure. people's uh social media uh persona really is important and and i wish people put value in it i really do yeah um because it's who you are um whether you're behind a keyboard or not um it's it's who yeah. you are and if you're a businessman it's the same th you know it's who you are and then it's a reflection of your business so it's even more important especially if you're yeah. using that those that skill that business to provide for your family definitely yeah no, I got it, man. I could talk to you for hours, man, but I, I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast, and yeah, we've kind of made it uh, through that bid to bank, so just thanks for your time, man. Thanks for being here. Uh, I, I always want my you know, my interviewees to shout out where they can find you, so where can people find you if they're looking to you know, ask you a question or maybe dig into something they heard on this podcast? Yeah, I'm at, um, I'm at Better Days Tech on Instagram, and that's um, the only place you'll find me, or, or I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a social media guy, but, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'll be at Tech Fest in a couple weeks, I'm, um, oh, big, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, uh, 
I'm a big fan of the work we're doing with TKW and uh, Technology Worldwide. Um, I yeah. want to try to encourage our community to grow in the right direction with the right people. And um, so I can be found there as well. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, Chris, I, I truly, I mean, you know, you've, you've been one of my longest friends uh, through all this. I, I feel like I've known you a long time and really got to grow closer to you over the past couple of months. And, you know, your friendship means the world to me. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I, I sincerely mean it. It was, it was it's such a treat to be able to talk about what we do and have the conversation go in all these directions and just have it come back to like that that main route, which is just trying to put the best face out there that we can and, and do the best work mm. that we can. And yeah. I know that you know what what makes our connection so strong is we we start the day with the same the same approach. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Follow it and like and subscribe to this podcast. Share it out, especially this episode with Bid the Bank with Jeff from Better Days Tech. That's right, man. So get it out there. I appreciate you all listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, man.